Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, listeners. This episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by italki, which is a really convenient way to develop your fluency in English by talking to native speakers online. To claim your voucher worth 100 italki credits, just go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to my friends Amber and Paul about cultural differences, particularly in the ways that we communicate with each other in different countries. You should know that there is a bit of swearing in this one, as well as a few dodgy jokes and references to previous episodes of the podcast, which you should probably listen to before you listen to this one, in order to understand a couple of those references and in-jokes. The previous episode is number 380. Uh, As for the swearing, I see that as just evidence of the fact that we're all talking in a totally relaxed, genuine and natural manner, like we normally do in this social situation. Um, I just want to say also that our aim in this conversation was to compare different cultures and not to criticise other cultures. We're just expressing our own personal experiences from our point of view. Since we all live in France and we're from England, there are quite a lot of comments about differences between French and English culture. And if you're French... I'd love to read your points of view on many of the things that we're talking about, and I'm sure that you could make loads of similar comments about life in England. For example, like, why the hell do we have separate taps in the bathroom in England? Or why do girls go out on a Friday night with hardly any clothes on? Don't they get freezing cold? And why do so many British people drink so much? Now, these are all things that might seem strange to visitors to the UK, So I'm well aware that all cultures and behaviours can seem strange from the outside, and it's all really just a matter of context. In fact, on the subject of uh, culture in the UK, I have already done several podcast episodes all about culture shock experiences of people moving to the UK uh, from foreign countries. Um, uh, So check out those episodes if you haven't heard them already. I'm talking about episodes 192 and 193, which were called Culture Shock Life in London. Um, So I'm sure that you all have points of view on cultural differences that you would like to express. So feel free to leave comments on the page for this episode. And don't forget to join the mailing list on the website to get easy access to the page for every new episode when it's uploaded. So... Without any further ado, here is a podcast about cultural differences with Amber and Paul. Uh, Amber and Paul are sitting with me. We're on the terrace of my apartment. 
apartment again. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Hello, Paul. Hi. Hello. Now, I'm, I'm, I've brought you here because I thought we would... Well, that's not the reason I brought you here. I brought you here because I like you. <laughs> but also, I thought that we could talk on the podcast today about cultural differences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a little introduction here of, of sorts. Um, so, I hope you don't mind, but I'm now going to go through my rambling introduction. You've seen me do this before. How long is this? 20 it's minutes? It's going to take 300 years. It's 10 minutes, <laughs> so, always. Okay, I might, I might bring you in, so... Don't fall asleep. Right. Okay. Here we go. So, cultural differences. Here we, here's the introduction. Now, although although we're all the same, we're all humans. Uh, we're also different, aren't we? Here are some ways in which we're the same. We all we all fall in love. We all go to the loo. We get hungry. We get tired. We like laughing. We listen to Luke's English podcast. <laughs> but we're all different as well. Individually, uh, we are all unique. But we're also different as groups, tribes, nationalities, cultures, things like that, right? Uh, Now, although it's bad to generalise, it seems that cultures, like ethnicities or nationalities, tend to have certain shared behaviours and customs that mark them out as different to others. For example, although the English and the French share a lot of things in common, there are certain things which mark us out as different. Not just the language we speak, but the way we behave and things that we think are important. Like, for example, the way that we queue. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about, you two. Uh-huh. Yes. We do queue differently. I'm going to give you an example. Um, so yesterday, uh, yesterday I went out to do various odd jobs and I had all sorts of queuing experiences. One, I was in uh, a shop and I was standing in line and there were three people in front of me. The line was clearly going in one direction. And I neatly put myself in position off, you know, behind the, the third person. And then some person comes along and they stand pretty much next to me, just behind, just behind me, but next to me. Hmm. And that really got on my nerves. <laughs> That's annoying. I can't take this because... But instead of saying anything, you just let no, it out. No, I'm English, so I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just stood there. just. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm very annoyed. Um, because in England, I think we've got quite a strict culture of queuing where everyone knows exactly where they should stand. You stand directly behind the person in front of you, and you have a sense of whether the queue is shifting in direction, if it's turning a corner or something. <laughs> everyone... Somehow, we've got a collective consciousness in the queue. Whereas here in France, I get the feeling that people are always ready to jump ahead of you. Yes. And you get this sense that people behind you are like standing to the side. They're looking over your shoulder. They're waiting for a chance to jump ahead of you. And I almost stand like with my elbows and legs out as if to say, don't get get behind me, get behind me, like that. (laughs) I do find the queuing rules to be a bit different. So anyway, that's just an example of culture shock, I suppose, but it shows that there are cultural differences. Of course there are, everybody knows. If you've ever been abroad or had contact with other cultures, you'll know sometimes it's just incredibly obvious that our cultures are different. Sometimes it's uh, hilarious, sometimes frustrating, sometimes it's just weird, but we do have to remember that they're just differences and while they can be confusing or frustrating ultimately we need to find ways to look beyond these differences and not let them become a barrier to things like communication understanding business diplomacy sex uh, and and relationships i just added sex in there just because i needed spice to it up. spice it up a bit so in this episode i'd like to have a cultural i'd like to have a discussion about cultural differences uh that we've noticed around the world these could be different whatever right okay guys <laughs> Okay, uh, all right then. 
cultural differences. I'd like to establish, Amber and Paul, what your credentials are in terms of your cross-cultural experiences. <laughs> so, first of all, how long have you two lived in France? You're from England, but how, how long have you lived in France? I've lived here 15 years. Okay, Paul? Seven. Okay, so plenty of years living in another culture. Have you visited many other places? Like, which other places in the world have you visited? Um, me? Yeah. I have visited, I've been to Argentina, yeah. Costa Rica, yeah. uh, North America, uh-huh. uh, lots of places in Europe, like Italy and Spain and all those. Do you want them all? Yes, keep going. Uh, uh, Italy, Spain, Poland. I've been to Germany. I've been to Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Asia? I've been to Thailand and I've been to India. Okay. Have you been to South Russia? Africa? No. Okay. All right. You weren't Russian to go there, were you? <laughs> 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 oh, <sake>. yes. Oh. <laughs> two For Russian jokes sake. in two episodes. <laughs> How? Oh. Um, oh, right. Jesus Christ. Uh, All right. So, Paul, what about you? What about you, Paul? <laughs> um, uh, so, I've lived in, uh, where have I lived? Switzerland, uh, France, Spain, Canada, mm-hmm. Australia. Uh, and been to, I've not been to South America. I've been to uh, Mexico, uh-huh. which is as further South America, North America. Um, you've you've been to China. I've been to China. Uh, where else? Uh, I, I've been, I went to Thailand and like Indonesia and Malaysia when I was a kid, like okay. when I was about seven or eight. So uh-huh. that doesn't really count. Um, okay. Then uh, yeah, a lot of European countries. Um, I haven't been to Africa at all. So you two have both lived and done business and uh, been tourists in many, many different places Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. the world. So I I would say that you're probably quite good people to talk to about this subject. Do you feel like you have had quite a broad experience of different cultures? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you don't think so? Well, well, you're, you're, you're sort of shielded from it, aren't you? When you're a tourist, you don't really, you don't really see it. You don't know if you've done something to offend or upset people unless you've read it in a guidebook. So you, it's so nuanced, isn't it? But you have at least observed. We have observed it. Yes. Differences, and I mean, if you've lived in another country, yeah. then you've experienced it. You know, yeah. in a more deep way. I mean, it, mm-hmm. l- certainly France. After fifteen or seven years yeah. here, you're well aware of the the differences on both sides. Mm-hmm. I think that you've probably got an objective point of view about your own culture as well. Like that, I guess that doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be completely neutral anymore. That you've identified having lived away from it, you can see it from another perspective yeah. now. Yeah. Right. And for me, I've you know similar story. I've either lived or been a uh, been abroad to many places. I lived in Japan for a couple of years. Lived mm-hmm. in France for four years now, and um, obviously with a French girl. Um, and I've just met thousands and thousands of people from around the world as an English teacher yeah mm-hmm. and I've had this conversation that we're going to have now lots and lots and lots of times before with my students so okay I think the three of us are probably fairly well qualified to talk about uh, cultural stuff good I'm glad you've established that yeah I have, <laughs> have to establish what if we just said actually we've only lived really, and then would, would you have thrown us out okay yeah. I'm going to have to bring somebody else in on this because would, uh, you're not the expert I would have thrown you off the terrace but to be honest I only asked those I knew those things already <laughs> I just asked them so that now my listeners know that stuff too you know um, it's covering all the bases That's okay good. so what I've done is I've created a list of different behaviours and and things mm-hmm. sort of stuff that either I've noticed from either being abroad or meeting people from abroad or stuff that people have told me about 
and things like that. So it's just a random list of different types of behavior and different values, okay? Now, I thought the first thing on the list would be actually the subject of your video, Paul, uh. which is about uh, kissing people when you meet them, the labis, as they call it in France. Yeah. Um, so you actually made a, a video which, as we know, has been on YouTube and got <laughs> lots of views and stuff. So what's basically, what's that video about? How annoying French people are. How? No, it's basically... Um uh, yeah, just that it's very complicated in France to know how to say hello to somebody, uh, whether it's somebody you know or somebody you don't know, in which context, whether it's personal or professional. There's always some sort of kisses involved in it, yeah. whether it's, uh, uh, yeah, w when you meet and, you know, it depends on different regions in France have different rules about which side of the face you start with, how many kisses you actually do. Um, and uh, yeah, that's basically what that video is about. Okay. It's me not understanding that. Do you still have trouble understanding the number of kisses you have to um, do? I'll be honest, I, because I'm in Paris, I've not really, I don't really spend any time outside of Paris or meet people who aren't in Paris. Uh, so I don't, it's, yeah, it's too, it's standard. Like it's, 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 it's become a normal thing. But I, I was speaking to somebody the other day, actually, who was telling me again, like, oh, I saw your video. It's funny. Yeah, I see like a French person. It's like, oh, I was down, down south with my like in-laws, family, uh, and it was strange because I'd forgotten that you had to start from the other side and it was a bit awkward and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So even they find it difficult. How do people do it in Paris, Amber? Uh, two kisses and you go on right Starting cheek. From the yeah, left. you go with the right, so the left oh. cheek. Yeah. You kiss... Like, like that's left cheek. Really? You, you use like your left cheek on their them. right cheek. I don't know. It's so instinctive. I can't even think about it. Was it strange when you first moved here, Amber, to kiss people in the face like that? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. It was, because it's long and it's sort of awkward, and I didn't really want to touch everyone's face. I mean, there was people's faces I definitely didn't want to touch, and so I just sort of say hello to everyone. Okay. Well, it's... I think the thing that where it's more of a... Where it's long is just when it's a group. Yeah. You know, when it's one-on-one, -on -one, every, I think every, cul every culture that I've been to has a way of addressing one person whether it's a handshake a hug whatever the kiss just one on one the thing where it's really long in France is that you have to if there's a group you still have to do it individually with everyone mm. right. you know in England we can just if there's a group of people and you show up to a bar you know a bit late after work and there's 15 of you having drinks mm. and you're the 16th person to arrive and just go hey everyone how's it going and then carry on you don't have to individually go and say hello to everyone so right. I think that was yeah. the, the main yeah. um, thing that was difficult exactly. or different and, and it's different on all levels and I mean lots of different people have spoken about this but you do have to kiss everyone individually if, even if there's 15 or 16 people mm. but they take sort of saying hello very seriously like if mm. you're feeling a bit shit and you're in work and you don't say hello to someone no one's going to care I feel in mm. England whereas if you don't say hello to people here in France they do take it really personally yeah. so greetings right. here are, are much more important well and people think like I've had this situation now where as I've been doing the, the TV show, like in the offices where, where they're at, you know, I've met people in certain situations. So when I walk into the office and I see them, I'll say hi individually. But then there's, new, there's other people that I've not met. And I kind of don't really know what, to, you know, sometimes I just go hi and wave from, like if there's three of them in a meeting room or something. Yeah. And they're like, hi, you know, I don't go in and say hi to them individually. Right. So I, th I, I sometimes get the impression they think, oh, who's this pretentious dick who... He's not saying hello yeah, to us. Yeah, he's not saying hello to us. You know, right. what? he's got a TV show now, he thinks he can't say, you know. And it's not that, it's just that I'm very awkward, you know, and I don't like, I don't, because I don't know whether I should be saying hello, I don't know, it's just weird. Right. Yeah. And it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that, shouldn't 
No. How how is it different in the UK then, in terms of let's say if you go to a party or if or if you, you're going to a business place, uh, do we do that? We do we kiss each other? How do we greet people in the in the UK then? Shake hands, I think. Just well, I mean, peop- yeah, you shake hands. Like even on a social level, like if there was us we were all hanging out and and someone came along that was friends with you maybe like yeah. a good friend with you you might give them a hug or even a kiss depending on your relationship but then we would shake hands right. including me like in france like guys kind of shake hands you know when they sort of might meet someone that they don't know oh, they're yeah. not ready to be yeah, yeah. whereas i feel in the uk like we would everyone you know you might sort of if there's two or three people you'd introduce us we'd shake hands i reckon if a male friend of mine turned up i would give him a hug yeah especially if i haven't seen him for a little while yeah. usually we, we hug our male friends or a handshake yeah uh if it's a female friend that i'm good friends with it's one kiss yeah um, oh, really? and maybe a hug yeah, um, and, and if you don't know the people it's for the first time you've met then it's just handshakes yeah. but I mm-hmm. go to French parties sometimes and I end up kissing people that, you that I've never met before oh, yeah. and it's like the first time you meet you know you get that situation you enter the party and you have to say your name and kiss them yeah. uh, and it's like I have no idea who these people yeah. are and I'm kissing them and then I'm never going to speak to them ever again yeah, in my life yeah it's funny because you, you, you kiss them and then you basically say your name you had a joke about that I do and it's like you've touched them before you've even said your name like you, you touch, touch them on, on the face, face. yeah yeah with your face if you, even if you do a handshake you're like hi my name's Paul nice to meet you and then you say the name before you shake right but often like if you're if you're saying hello to 10 people in a row in France like you you, you want to switch it up sometimes you don't sometimes you kiss then say your name then sometimes mm. you say your name then kiss like Some, to mix sometimes it up I think when there's a group situation I have to bees everyone yeah. I think it's easier oh, if worst. I just sneezed on them all yeah. and just get it all done in one go it's the one same easy thing. go well also in the UK like you <laughs> might like you'd introduce yourself you know, you shake hands, but then you wouldn't shake hands again to say goodbye. You might yeah. just be like a friendly, all right, then bye, cheerio. Little wave. It, that would be enough. You wouldn't need mm. that. Whereas in France, it's, you kiss when you meet and when you say goodbye and all this. Even if you're just, you know, just speaking to them very quickly. And then sometimes you bees goodbye. You forget. You have a bit more uh, of a chat. You bees them again. I mean, how many times again. did you kiss Sebastian the other night? Oh, cr- it's just yeah. Like we were at, we were at the social events, <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right, he did the rounds of kisses, goodbye, 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 and then and then it was Bumped like, oh, when him. are you back at the social events? Oh, well, actually, and then we started another conversation, right? And then ten minutes later, it was all right. I'm I, I'm actually going to go now, and then it's one more. Just, oh. Have to do another round another of kisses. Bees. Oh my goodness. Any idea why? Why is it that in the UK we just shake hands or have a little hug or something, whereas in France everyone's kissing each other? Why is this? What's the what's the reason for it? There must be a reason. There must. Be, I mean, I don't know the reason. You'd Maybe thought, you, know, you would have I mean, thought I would have looked it up. You'd have thought. You would have thought. You would have thought. But I mean, uh, it must I can't go back to some sort of tradition, like further down the line, you know, mm. Louis XIV did this, that, or the other. But then there's a reason why these things catch on and stay and mm. don't don't change and well, there is a sort of in England we're perhaps less comfortable with you know yeah. well, the, 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 the kind of new one where you know people I don't know 30 or under I'd say maybe 35 and under yeah uh, in France are starting to so do like the us. double taps like the no yeah I, I, because I'm I'm 39 I 
don't know how to do these different handshakes. Yeah. But also, I think it's because I still think it's because my French isn't good enough that I'm just so much more awkward when I meet people <laughs> yeah. here. And I, I'm just I don't terrible. Think it's because at your French isn't good enough. It's just because you're English. It's because I'm so English. Uh, same, same with me. Like I, I we're talking about. Sorry, we're talking about these kind of like groovy yeah, double handshakes. Cool handshakes. Yeah, well, it's not even a handshake. What they do here is they do. They basically. It's like a high five. It's like a a high five, but in the sh- in the, like in the sideways high five. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what they do. So it's like a. It's like a. Yeah, it's not a high five. It's like a middle five from the side, and they tap twice. From the side. Tap tap like that. Yeah, tap tap. And then uh, so, a fist, well, it's, it's fist either, bump. It's either it's either it's either a tap fist bump or a double tap. Okay. No one does a double tap and a fist bump. See, this is what happens to me. It's like we're we're at the Pan Am, for example, which is like the cool place where all of the young French comedians hang out. They're all these cool, trendy guys, Mm -hmm. these big YouTube stars and stuff. And uh, we, you know, we meet all these people and I'm there like giving my hand as if I'm going to shake their hands and they're like trying to slap my hand. And then I'm like giving the fist bump and they've still got their hand (laughs) out. And it's just like, I'm I'm just like, I've got no idea what I'm doing. It's a complete disaster. (laughs) You're just playing rock, paper, scissors, stone. I am. I'm basically playing rock, paper. Paper, scissors, stone. Like, what, is, what game is this? <laughs> That's like a great joke. <laughs> that is a good joke, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess maybe in the strange. UK we've got slightly different relationship to personal space. But they do, they do the kisses in Spain, for example. But in Spain, it's, it's the same. What? As in, like, it's the same amount. It's that everyone, or the whole country is on the same page. Okay. Which is why France is difficult because it's not, no one's on the same page in France. Somebody do three, four, two, one. How do they do it in Spain then? It's just two. Just two. two kisses, bang, straight, and straight they, you don't have to do the kisses when you leave. Um, I think they, I think they do to say goodbye. Do they do have? Do I, they the, have that the group, same? I don't think they have the group thing though. Well, exactly, that's no, the, the group thing. thing. Yeah, you do. You the, the group thing. I mean, in my experience, is the group thing when you introduce you group like you individually just say hi 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 kind of like you do in England as well mm. you know if you're like if I'm introducing you to like you know my 15 mates in England I'd be like hey everyone this is Amber and you might go around and whatever shake their hands or whatever mm. but on the way out I think in Spain from what I remember it's just they drink more in Spain they're plastered by the end of the night yeah. <laughs> It's true. They drink. So they, they do drink a lot. <laughs> they right. want to get to the bar a lot quicker as well. They're right. a bit more expedient. Right. I see. Okay. Very strange. All right then. Well, it's interesting, and I think there may. How be do they do it in Japan? Uh, in Japan, no, no, certainly no physical contact. They're not kissing each other. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Oh no, 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 no. Um, what they tend to do is like a little bow. Okay. You know, like uh, you you know, Yoshiku, um, which, which is like nice to meet you. Okay. Yoshiku, uh, and like a little bow. And it's if more in the sort of facial expressions and bits of body language, but they don't go up to each other and, and hug such. and kiss, and they're not all over each other. Maybe a handshake, but otherwise it's like a little little bow of the head. That's great. Actually, and, uh, if you're, if I get introduced to a group of Japanese people, like if there's 15 of them and, and one of them is introducing me to the, do I have to do the little head bow to all of them, or no, is it no, just you probably will group re- bow? You'll probably be standing in a circle. And or something similar to that, and you'll be introduced to everyone, and you would do a, you'd probably like bow respectfully to the group, yeah. Okay. You don't need to go to every single person. And do they all bow back to me? Uh, yeah, there'd be like general bobbing of heads, <laughs> general sort of like you know. It's nice. Hi, welcome to the company. Okay. Uh, you might then obviously meet people individually, yeah. but you don't have. Well, if you to go to a house party, if you go to a bar or something like no, that. No, no, no. It's not all individual sort it's of like greetings. Group. It's you can just, just like group a hello. kind of group thing. Okay. Yeah. Nico had a, a, a difficult bees moment the other day. 
Oh, yeah. We were we bumped into our friends who've just had a baby, and oh. so we were like, "Oh, hello!" And we bees them, and the mum was there. Her or his mum was oh. there, and Nick had already gone and said hello. I was with Hugo, and then I went over and I was like, "Hello!" And I beezed everyone: Juliet, Gaetan, and the mum. And and then we were talking about it afterwards. Nico said, "Oh, you know, what? I just I didn't know what to do whether I should bees the mum or not, and so I didn't. And then I felt a bit rude because oh. then you came over and you just naturally beezed oh. everyone. Oh, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Uh, Even for thing, French people. A, I mean, that's incredible to bees or not to bees. Because he didn't want to be that rude by question. by being too familiar and beezing her. But then he didn't bees her, and then he felt rude because I did bees her. Oh my god! There was no god. protocol. What you're a bloody nightmare. Yeah." Anyway, I've got a whole list of these things. Let's, go, gonna, mo- let's move go through on them. Forever. Yes. So the next one is just again randomly in my list is looking people in the eye, making eye contact. Mm. Uh, does that <laughs> just what? What do you think about that? I mean, uh, in in our culture, that's pretty normal to give people eye contact. Yeah. You know, when you shake a hand, you've got to give the eye contact a good firm grip of the hand when you give a what, handshake. Who doesn't make eye contact? Uh, some cultures, it's a bit rude depending on the status of the person you're talking to to make eye contact with a person. For example, we're talking about Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They typically they say that in Japan it's seen as inappropriate to make too much eye contact. Whereas in in the UK and in America for example, making eye contact is considered to be really important. Mm. And if you for example, if you meet your boss or the, you know, the CEO of your company and you shake his hand, then you know, you should, you know, make eye contact. If you met uh, I don't know whoever the, the CEO of what's his name now Tim of Cook. Tim Cook you'd be like hi Tim you'd give him a yeah. good look in the eye and he'd shake his hand good yeah. firm grip eye contact yeah. I think that in Japan unless it's like a you know a very modern sort of uh, international company uh, I think that instead you would not really make a lot of eye contact because if you did then it would be considered rude to be challenging someone right. who's at a higher status mm-hmm. than you and that you tend to be a bit more deferential to the person by not looking at them in the eye and you know that's why for example but then bowing if you're speaking to them like, it, like okay so you say you, the, the initial introduction is done like yeah you shake in, in the eye contact but then afterwards when you're speaking or listening to the person is that s- in same? Japan yeah it's, it's uh, again I think uh, if certainly if it's a higher status person I think it's more common to listen in a more respect, respectful manner without making a lot of eye contact you make occasional eye contact to show you're listening and stuff but uh, a lot of the time you're not looking the person directly in the mm. eye when they're talking you're sort of listening and nodding your head or, or uh, mm. looking down and then looking up occasionally but in the UK it's like important to make strong eye contact look away a little bit more eye contact you know mm-hmm. um, so it's just something we don't think about. No, um, really. But from the Japanese mm. point of view, it does make sense, really, to me. It's a bit I'm animal, be isn't it? Paranoid now that you you don't want to look people in the eye. But it's okay for for us because if we go yeah. to Japan, they understand that we're not Japanese, okay. and so we have different rules. People yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, when it's a big thing like that, like two big cultures, like Japan and England, who in yeah. some ways are similar, you know, and in some ways are completely different. When the other makes a sort of important faux pas, you know, when they do something which is really wrong, like eye contact, like let's say I went to Japan and I was making loads of eye contact thinking I was being really friendly and everyone's like, rude bitch, but they're not going to tell well, she's me. She's so scary. And she's scary, so aggressive. Loony. Exactly. But it's okay because they know I'm foreign. So they're making that kind of allowance. The problem is when I think... that you're making you're doing something rude and you don't even realise it because the cultures are so close and the nuance is so sort of slight that without realising it you've sort of ruffled feathers you've made people feel uncomfortable Mm. yeah Mm. didn't you have a thing uh, with that with the you might have told the story before in the podcast with the shoes going to one of uh, (laughs) 
friends and you took <laughs> shoes off or you didn't oh. take shoes off or yeah. something. I still don't Is that know. on your list? I still, still don't, don't know. I still don't know if that's a French problem or if that's just my wife <laughs> who's just got a weird thing about that. I don't know. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We, um, yeah, we went to a dinner party and uh, it was like some good friends, like really good close friends and we were like we're all relaxed and I, I was hot, you know, and uncomfortable. I took my shoes off. I was like sitting on the floor with my back to the sofa and I was like, I'm going to take my shoes off took my shoes off my wife was like put your shoes on what what? hey man it's alright it's all cool relax chill out man put your shoes on and then afterwards in the taxi she's like don't take your shoes off like that I was like what why well done it's alright well I went to dinner party the other day and it was really hot it was like 39 degrees or no 29 degrees it was really hot no it was really hot it was nearly 40 degrees in Paris I went to a dinner party and Nico took off his T-shirt. What? In the and house? Yeah, at dinner. And I was like, what? Put your t-shirt on. And then he started to trend. because the other Wait a minute. He was naked? Semi-naked? He was toss anew. He was, had no t-shirt. This is in someone's apartment. Um, good friends and everything. We're having dinner. But I was like, you cannot eat dinner without a t-shirt on. Oh, my goodness. But then the other dark guys did it too. So he... He the clearly could. Guys. The other guys, the other guys. The other guys, they did it too. So you clearly could. They all took off their T-shirts. But the thing is that what you were talking about is the, that grey area where the cultures are actually very similar. Yeah. And then yeah. there are little things you don't realise and people are not going to let you off because, because you're, they not don't different. Realize, you're not different. Yeah. Like in Japan, if I make a cultural faux pas, people are going to forgive me because I'm obviously different. You yeah, know? if you go to Thailand and you point at something which apparently is really rude. With your foot. With anything, with your finger or your foot. Oh, really? Um, they don't mind. They just think foreign person. Foreign person, okay. Mm. So I think that in France, I'm guilty of this a lot, that I probably uh, do all <laughs> sorts of terrible fo- social mistakes uh, without realising it, and I probably alienate uh, myself from uh, the French community all the time by making various mistakes. I think the, the thing, one of the things I often do is that I put myself in a weak position in mm-hmm. France, whereas in the UK, we do that in order to be nice. For example, if you are, let's say, complaining about something, you might be like, you know, I'm sorry to bother you about this. And, you know, I know you're just doing your job, but um, uh, I just wanted to say that I bought this bread and I think I might have been overcharged. You, know, you charged me for cheese and it's, it's actually bread. So sorry, sorry to, you know, disturb you. But is there any chance that maybe you could uh, just fix that for me? Uh, in France, if you do that, they'd be like, you pathetic cretin. You put you make, you make yourself in a weak position. Yeah. In the UK, we do that in order to avoid antagonizing the person, yeah. to try and make things smooth and to be nice and avoid being aggressive. Whereas in France, uh, you have to be strong and tough and kind of formal at the beginning. You need to lay your cards on the table and say, I bought this bread here and you charged me for cheese and it's far too expensive. I expect to be given a refund. Mm-hmm. And then they will respect you for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And don't smile. You know, just be serious uh, and not happy and complain. And they'll respect you for it. And uh, you'll get your refund and it'll be all right. And if you say, sorry, uh, I think you didn't, uh, then they, they will have no respect for you. They'll just ignore you. <laughs> and then you'll get, you know, someone will jump ahead of you in the queue. Yeah. And, and then, then, uh, and then woman, you'll be yeah. forgotten. So I'm sure I'm sort of doing that kind of thing all the time. So that was looking, in the, looking people in the eye. Mm. Okay. Um, So actually, that kind of leads us on, the the thing I just said there, leads us on to this point, which is about indirectness, diplomacy, and politeness. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in the way that we communicate, indirectness and politeness and diplomacy versus directness, straightness, and clarity. Mm. So uh, the indirectness, diplomacy, or politeness um, 
could be described as being nice and diplomatic, but also could be described as being uh, hypocritical, mm. yeah. right? And then the directness, straightness and clarity could be considered being straightforward and honest, but also could be considered to be rude and obnoxious, right? So, you know, certain cultures tend to be direct when they're giving negative feedback and other cultures tend to be indirect when they're giving giving negative feedback and i think there's a lot of ish, there are a lot of problems there especially between english and, and french yeah i think that and we we Germans. and german as well really so oh, do you yeah. have anything to say about this for example if you have a negative thing to say let's say in the workplace if you've got some negative feedback to give i think in english culture we would probably sweeten the thing we'd, we'd sugarcoat mm. the negative thing uh, and say something that sounds kind of nice, but embedded within it is a negative statement. And if you're from a direct culture, you might not notice. Mm. You might yeah. just think, oh, they're being really nice to me. Yeah. And then when you realize that that was, a, that was actually a negative comment, then you'll feel betrayed. Like this hypocritical two-faced person. Yeah. You know. Um, so what do you think? Got any thoughts on this? Well, Nico's a bit like this because he he's really straightforward. You know, he'll really just say what he thinks and what he means. And he expects other people to be the same. Yeah. And so he can't hear necessarily what's being said, what what's not being said. He can't read between the lines. He can't read between the lines. So you like and especially you know, someone will say something and he'll be like, Okay, they want this. I'm like, No, no, that's exactly what they don't want. You're not yep. listening to what they're not saying. Yep. And so he's not good at that. He's but he's very good at being direct and explaining like our friend came around the other day. My friend, and he just got completely drunk. He turned up at five in the afternoon and was still there at two. <laughs> just completely drunk, like on his own. It was Monday night, and at one o'clock, Nico was like, Right, I- I'm tired, I'm going to bed. Good night. And I just could not get him to leave. And then, oh. like, over an hour later, I was like, So tired, and I've got to get up at seven o'clock. And I was like, I'm really tired. Um, but by this point, he was so drunk, I, I did basically throw him out. <laughs> but I had to wait another whole hour, even though I'd been yawning since about midnight. Uh, oh, no. Indirect, direct. So you... So Nico, I- good. His directness, fantastic, can be really useful. He didn't hurt anyone's feelings. He said, I'm yeah. tired, I'm going to bed. I couldn't do it. Uh, I, I, I did that the other day. What? Turned up, got drunk? No, th- no, 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 it's the opposite. It was, it was me. We were filming on Tuesday, so I got up at 6 or 5.30 or whatever to go film. And we were filming the whole day and then uh, we were knackered. We had a beer afterwards. Yeah. And then I met Addy just around here at the the place, the ta- uh, Depaneur. The Depaneur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool it's spot. a cool burger place. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we met one of Addy's friends there who just re- recently broke up, whatever. So we were chatting and uh, it was all going fine. You know, was, we were having a drink and I was giving my man's opinion of the situation of the breakup and all this kind of stuff. And at some stage they started talking about law stuff and i i guess the 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 fatigue of the day caught up to me and i was just like whoa so then i like i I went to the toilet to try and wake up a bit yes came back and it was probably one of the only times that i was just like sorry i've i'm going i'm tired (laughs) i have to go so So i just left i left addy with her mate there and they talked and i i was kind of proud i was like I felt amazing. Yeah, but it took me a while to muster up to because addy was talking and there was no break in the conversation for me to be like so how did you actually say it? It was in French, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so there was, they, were, they were talking and I was waiting for a pause and I just said, 
Mm. I just said, sorry, I've got to go because I've got to get up like in the morning. I'm really tired. Before I finished the sentence, like Addie was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she knew that I was they tired. Didn't mind. I they didn't mind. Didn't it mind was at fine. All, so, I was, so, so, so it was difficult, but you just went for the directness of like, I'm leaving because I have to be up. Instead, in England, you'd be like, what, how, what would have been the English way of doing that then? You'd have just stayed until you fell asleep until, on the table. Until, I'd have stayed until she... That's normally what happens, is right. I stay until she goes, I want to go home. And right. then I'm like, oh, she wants to go home. Right. Once I got, <laughs> I was really sick. I had a hangover, but I was also really, really, really ill. And I was meant to be having dinner with a friend, really good friend, also English. And I, I just couldn't. I felt so awful. But I couldn't tell her that I couldn't come. I felt so racked with guilt and shame. And Nico had to phone her up and say, Amber's not well. She can't come like my oh. dad or something. Oh, and no. I thought, why am I so incapable yeah. of telling someone no. straight, being straightforward? We can't say no. That's the thing. Yeah, we we're not very good in case of uh, upsetting. Yeah, we don't want to upset mm. people. And we, we just, I don't know why we're so averse to saying no. It's very yeah. hard. But it's really impossible. And this is something I, I have with my wife. We talk about this kind of thing all the time. Not with me, because, you know, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we know each other well enough for it not to be an issue. But certainly when we're dealing with other people, yeah. uh, like often when she's, you know, sending emails to my family. Or Would in, you like to come to this? No. No. <laughs> um, no, no. Not her saying no. Is that reading my parents' messages so they we're always in email um lit, you know email correspondence um the the two of us and my parents and uh uh and so you know for example my wife will sort of suggest something like you know let's go and visit warwick castle on saturday and i know my parents don't want to visit warwick castle they've been and they they, they just want to sit and have lunch at home with us and talk to us that's all they want to do yeah, yeah. and and my wife's like let's do this let's do that and uh, <laughs> it's really interesting for me to reading the message and and my wife's like hey i think we're gonna go to warwick castle I'm like, let me read the message no we're not going to we're not going to warwick castle <laughs> Because your parents have replied something. My parents have have said, basically, yeah, that could be good. That could be good, you know, but blah, blah, blah. We were thinking blah, blah, blah. That could be good, but we were thinking blah, 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 which means we we definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and, and every time she gets it wrong, she doesn't understand that my my parents don't say no. We don't want to go to Warwick Castle. Instead, they say um, that's a good well, idea. Warwick Castle we could were be an more. idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. what what I've what I've learned is that, and this is from talking to not just my wife about this, but also from talking to many students in France and, and stuff about communication differences, is that obviously both sides think that they're right. You know, in the UK, with mm. our indirectness with negative things. We think that we are being nice. We think that we've got the right intentions. Do we? Because we've all suffered from this. No, well, we have, but a lot of people who haven't come into contact with the other culture as much as us okay. don't think about it. Mm. And they and the first step is to, first of all, not even realise that you're doing anything different or mm. weird. And the second step is once it's been challenged to sort of defend the position and be, because it's normal. And then the third one is when you start to question it and stuff like that. But I think most people would, uh, like like people who communicate like like that, would assume that uh, they're being nice and it's being it's a question of being positive and diplomatic and stuff like that. Um, whereas from the French point of view, they uh, consider it to be sneaky and underhanded and uh, uh, two faced and hypocritical as well. Hypocritical is the word that's mm. used. They think mm. that we are hypocrites when we don't say straight up 
what we mean when we have something negative to say. I think there's something on both sides. I think both sides yeah. have got a point. We used to do a whole training, se- like a three-hour training session on this at Apple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, about like giving negative feedback and stuff like that. And yeah. That we, it, it, was a, it was a really interesting topic. We used to talk for hours about it. And it, yeah. Like because the Americans are even different. Yes, I think yeah, and and yeah. and it it was, and we just we basically it, it, all it bo- it boiled down to like we don't give a shit what your cultures do. This is how we're going to do it at Apple, mm-hmm. in the sense of like we get that you all do it different. We get that you guys say it more like mm-hmm. it is. You guys don't. Blah blah blah. Let's do this system where the, you're taking emotions out of it, and it's all based. It was like basically the thing was like the 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 two things that you talk about as the behavior that you saw and then the impact that it had okay. on mm-hmm. whatever it was. So it was always like, you couldn't just say to somebody, uh, you know, I think you're being, um, uh, what's, uh, you're being you, you seem aggressive. disconnected. You right. seem like, di- like not in it today. You know, yeah. like you, you, you don't seem to be whatever. Mm. Yeah. And it was like, well, what does that mean in different cultures? That means different things, you know, you know, and the, the you know, one of the classic examples, like somebody leaning on a desk or something like that, right? you know, and in, in some cultures that would, in some, some people might see that as negative. Some people might see it as positive. Oh, you're leaning on a desk. You're kind of being cool. You're being open Relaxed. and welcoming. Yeah. Whereas some other places it could be. So it's just like, like talk about the behavior and the impact, the behavior being you're leaning on the desk, the impact could be that people see it negatively, could be see it positively. Like right. the, the behavior in itself isn't a positive or negative thing. Like right. you leaning on a desk, you chewing gum, you whatever, there's no positive or that's not, so the impact is positive or so negative. There's, there's no implicit positive or negative mm. about any particular behavior. It's more about the way in which it exactly, impacts yeah. on people. And it was just to be like, hey, just so, just so you know, that could have a potential impact. Like yeah. it couldn't be seen negatively; it could be seen positively. Right. I'm not saying it's one or the other. It's just. Yeah. So it was. It was just to try and take the 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 the, the object the the subjectivity out of it. Like mm. the way, for example, like the way you just went under the table and did a poo on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You know that the the waiting the waiting exactly. staff might find that a bit inappropriate. But that exactly. is uh, like parenting books. Do you often talk about when you talk to children? You shouldn't say, "Oh, that's good" or "That's bad." Yeah. You know, you meant to describe what they're doing. You know, when you do this, yeah. you know, so it's a bit like that. Yeah, it's b- taking I mean it's out that subjective emotional yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and showing them the consequence of the actions rather than just dictating what's good and bad. Yeah. Well, you're, in, you're understanding, they're sort of understanding, it, giving them a heads up, like it's this thing that you did specifically yeah. made me react like mm. this. Then they mm. can react to, yeah. rather than just your emotion, you, you're like this. They yeah. can say, oh, well, that thing I did, actually, I did it because of this. Yeah. You find resolution and we possibly the, easier. The, the whole, because we had a, there was basically a, like a like a, like a grid that we had, you know, which had like the kind of like the different types of feedback you might hear. And it was, we was, it was like positive, negative, you know, uh, general or specific or whatever. And people always used to, you know, it was fun because uh, it was always like, oh, I don't like calling it negative. I like calling it uh, constructive. Yeah. And we was like, I was just to be like, yeah, good. So here's the problem <laughs> with that. You can't have a constructive impact. It, it, the impact of the behavior you had is either positive or negative. There's right. no such thing as a constructive impact. Yes. It's the, the feedback's constructive because you're helping them get better as a person or you're helping them get, you know, do something. The feedback itself is constructive, but the impact isn't. The behavior in, in, in the first instance is either positive or negative in, in its impact. In, in its impact, yeah. You can't have constructive. Exactly. And constructive is positive and negative. Because I could say to you, oh, you know, if I was talking about, like, I don't know, 
jokes that's like, oh, this yeah. joke is really funny in this bit. That's still constructive feedback because it's helping you in a right. constructive way. Yeah. But if I said they're not laughing at this point, it's equally constructive. So, so, so the word constructive is not an adequate replacement for the word negative. No, because and, and in fact, someone who wants to use the word constructive instead of negative is just being, let's say, indirect. They just don't want to use the word negative. Yeah, because exactly. Because the, exactly. they av- they're averse to negativity, exactly. which maybe is a criticism that could be levelled at the typical sort of English person mm-hmm. who can't yeah. say mm-hmm. something negative. I think that I wonder why I wonder why we are slightly negative averse, and I think it. Yeah, go on. Well, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there is something to be said about that sort of hypocriticalness because there's always a flip side to the coin. You know, mm. well, no matter what quality someone has, there's always something that balances it in a negative way. And that sense of reading between the lines, of perhaps saying things behind people's back, of you know, that it does breed a sort of culture which people are very good at reading between the lines, where right. you can have that sort of very sarcastic humour, and everyone will understand instantly. You can be really dry. It does create the absurd, like the sort of flip side of that is that they're exceptionally good at that kind of communication. Right. And understanding it and reading it. And they're good at reading people too. And maybe English people are good at reading a sort of situation which is a bit more delicate. Because, because, um, because they are, have, you know, been. And also owned. because the, these, the things are not being explicitly said. Yeah. And, you know, we don't need them to be explicitly said because we're able to we read them in. all. Yeah. Okay, so within that context, it makes total sense to use these slightly more diplomatic and indirect approaches because everyone's able to understand what you're talking about. Exactly. Whereas if you take someone from outside of that culture, let's say from a direct culture like French or German maybe, mm. the Germans. then um, uh, to them it's going to seem like, oh my God, I can't believe these people are being so two-handed. Mm. Is it two-handed? Two-faced. Two-faced. Because it comes down to sort of how you're... When people are very direct to us, it can feel rude and it can hurt our sensitive feelings. But I have a very good German friend and I think she also feels hurt when perhaps, you know, like you said, you know, she thought everything was going fine. And actually, oh, no, there was some sort of veiled for her veiled criticism. And it sort of seems more more stinging Mm. because it wasn't sort of in the open, whereas Mm. perhaps we were trying to say something kinder and not have it in the open. So it kind of comes back to how people's feelings are being hurt. Right. Sensitive. Yes. Okay. Mm. So, so perhaps we're just more sensitive to reading between the lines in our culture, and that's why perhaps we are able to use this slightly more complicated, complicated language. And you know, you know, it's there's it, what's good to one person is going to be negative to another person, isn't it? That uh, although we might be labelled as being hypocritical in our communication style, equally you could say that a sort of direct communication style is sort of uh, a bit unsophisticated and a bit rude and a bit blunt and um, mm. and all those sorts of things. So I guess what we have to do is sort of, to an extent, take that Apple approach, which is to try to just find... Um, uh, a through line mm. which is you know in which you're aware of all of these things and also I think it's worth just paying attention to the way that you're communicating with people and just trying different approaches and also I don't know to an extent I think that we need to be prepared or certainly anglophones need to be prepared to be a bit more direct in the way that they give mm. negative feedback Oh yeah, and everyone else needs to just think about that actually there's maybe a more complicated message going on than the one that you that you you saw. You need to just be a bit more sensitive to people's feelings. Um, so that was conflict versus non-conflict and directness and indirectness and stuff like that. Loads of things to say there. Um, next one on my random list is just simply this: smiling in public, smiling in public, and smiling at strangers and things in public. Mm-hmm. Does that strike you as being odd at all? Yes. 
really <laughs> says Amber in a very serious voice. Well, there's, there's, well, there's Paris, a few different yeah, things. There's, different, there's smiling as in a city, even in London. Mm. I think it's pretty weird. Smiling in a big city. You know, in cities, people tend to be a bit more separate anyway. And then smiling as a lady in a city, you are yeah. asking for trouble. Really? I sometimes listen to a humorous podcast as I'm walking around, and I do yeah. deliberately... Definitely not make any eye contact because the minute you smile, you open up and and you almost want to share it. Like, oh, I'm listening to something hilarious. Um, and you smile, you make eye contact. It's going to be with a freak. They're going to try and come and get in your space and have a talk to you or make some sort of comment. So smiling, got to be careful. But then in a small town, country, side, mm. have a smile. You smile at people you, you walk past. If you're walking your dog, you might say, morning. No, to be honest, no, I wouldn't. But really? no. I wouldn't. I don't well, you, think I'd you're smile an unfriendly anyone. city type, though, Amber, aren't you? Well, I don't know. It feels unnatural to smile at someone you don't. You, I don't know. Bear in mind, <laughs> you have been living in Paris for 15 years. Yeah. Do you yeah, think that? That's, in, uh, yeah, that's a lot to do with it. Really? Well, who's 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 who joke smiles? is that? It's. Uh, I think it's, it's your, Urban, your, your, Urban. Urban's joke. It's like, yeah, you, you, if you go to <laughs> if you go to Paris and somebody smiles at you, run. Yeah. Run as far as you can because <laughs> it's definitely not a normal smile. They're not smiling at you. I mean, it's obviously over-exaggerated, but there's some, there's, there is some truth to it. I, I just, I can't deal with, the thing that drives me nuts with this place is just the amount of f- strangers that just come up to you and want to talk. Whether it's to ask you for money, whether yeah. it's genuinely to ask you for something else, whatever it is, it just I, it drives me nuts. I just hate, I, I don't want contact with people. And, and, you- and so how does that relate to smiling? Well, I think, I, I think if you, like there's been times where I, there's just something for some reason I don't know there's like a connection that you have it. with somebody like I don't know if you're in the, in the metro or you're somewhere public and it's happened to me a couple of times where I've just smiled I don't know something's made me smile at, at somebody that I'm looking at or vice versa and we both smile and that's it and it's normal and that's it um, okay but this time uh, that doesn't happen it's not like I'm constantly smiling at everyone it's just that no, odd. I think I think it's rather than just being like on the train smiling for no reason. I think it's more like you know, let's say you're in a shop and you're asking a question or you're or you're doing you know you're interacting with someone. Oh, and um, I guess in some cultures you're more likely to uh, use a smile at certain points in that interaction than in others. Yeah, in America. In America, for example, yeah, exactly. It's very important to be quite smiley. Like Australia. You see, you see it on television in, in America, you know, when you see these interviews. And I've seen this a few times where there's a guest on a show, on a news show, for example, a chat show or something. And the guest is on the screen, but they don't realize that they are on the screen yet. Have mm. you seen that? Yeah. So before the interview starts, the guest is They've shown on the screen. Face. They've got a neutral face. And then when the, the host starts to introduce, so we're with us today is Paul Taylor. And then Paul would suddenly put on this fake smile yeah. because mm. he thinks that suddenly then yeah. he's being on the camera. So I think in America, there's more of an emphasis on it's being... because they've got great, great mouths. They've got great teeth. They've got great good teeth. teeth. Great they mouths. have. But also it's about being positive and putting on a sort of... Uh, I think there's an as- a part of American culture, isn't it? To be sort of positive, positive and yeah. outgoing. We're and completely the opposite. We're quite but negative. A smile is sort of a little bit vulnerable. So depending on your status and your physicality, smiling is taken differently. If I smile, I can't make it five yards down the street because people stop to ask me directions or hassle you mm. for various things. Like, I'm sure, well, Especially as a female as well. You y- might. A lady. And, you know, you're sort of approachable. I mean, I always get asked for directions. And I think it's because, I know, I'm close to the ground or something <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're a tour guide. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. But, you know, if you're kind of giving out a positive signal, you're like inviting people in. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's true. Whereas if a big guy is walking around smiling, you're not going to... It doesn't matter. Yeah, I get Don't stopped. Like, there's times where I get stopped. I always... There's, I, for some reason, I'd be walking with other people down the street, but the people will come to me to be like, oh, give me some money. They don't, I don't know, you just, if you've got a face on you, like, you don't want to be spoken to, then I think people kind of get that vibe. Yeah. People don't talk to me in they the not? street, no. They I not? think I'm giving off a, 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 a general atmosphere of like, I don't, don't talk to me, I can't speak the language. Just, uh, I'm not here, I'm not here, I I'm not here. I am hoping the more, the, the, more, the more I get known by the general public, the more, the less people will come up to me. No, no, it's going to be the other way around, Paul. Because you're going to be famous because you're going to be on television a lot. And uh, but I think a lot of people are going to be not. I think a lot of people are, are intimidated by that as well. Nah, I, they, definitely. Some people are going to come and talk to I mean, you. We've 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 been at a table with Addy, and there's been a famous person, and she's frozen. She doesn't. She there's no way she'd go up and be like, hi. I really like no one does that yeah but there more people would do that to a famous person to a, than, than to, to a, a stranger obviously like, yeah. uh, hi yeah. uh, I don't know who you are I've yeah, never met true. you before but can I just talk to you for no reason mm. yeah. of course they wouldn't do that um, yeah fair enough but I, I'm just thinking about smiling for example when smiling if let's let's say imagine well this, did you have a specific well yeah I've got an example right, right that's what imagine this situation I'm in London and um, it's day one of a four week English course and all of the students are in the room and they're all from everywhere they're all from different countries I've got Russians uh, <laughs> they were there first <laughs> <laughs> they were obviously they were in a hurry they were in a, in a hurry to be there so the Russians obviously got in the door first because they were very quick oh. rapid Oh, are we on? Are we late? No, don't worry, you're fine. <laughs> there was no need to rush. Yeah, um, and then there's Japanese and Korean and uh, Turkish people and Italians and Brazilians and Spanish and French and everyone. German people. We get it. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, there. Okay. Saudi, Saudi Arabian people, uh, Iranian <laughs> people. <laughs> and so I have to then give the day one speech where I'm like, "Hello, welcome to the course. You know, this is your general English course." Blah 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 blah. And I, you know, I normally would talk for about ten minutes at the, the beginning of the, the <laughs> which thing. really means half yeah. an hour. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and um, and I'm I, I'm you know looking around the room and being me, obviously sometimes I'm you know yeah. I'm trying to like break the ice, trying to create the right atmosphere, trying to be nice, trying to be friendly, and I kind of often would think, what are these people thinking about me? What's their first impression of this person who is sort of like, and honestly, I would often kind of make fairly ironic, sarcastic jokes without flagging them up to be obvious. It would be like making these sort of humorous comments and things like that. And I would just often think, what do these people think? And I wonder what they think if I'm smiling. Do they not? T I'm sure that some of them, if they'd seen me smiling, they would have not taken me seriously or whatever. You know, the point is, I think that's just an illustration, that story of uh, talking to all my students on day one of how a smile can mean a different thing to to different people now i don't also i don't mean to suggest that in france for example nobody smiles ever or that they're going to think you're an idiot if you if you do smile but i just think that it's um it does make a make a, a difference sometimes if you approach it with a smile or not but you told me before about how uh when you have to make a complaint yeah you what you do is you prepare all of your arguments in advance yeah I, yeah i prepare the fuck you argument and then you prepare the whole fuck you argument so when you go to make a complaint, are you nice and smiley and friendly? To start with, yeah. You are. And then if, if, if I ever get any resistance, sometimes I'll, I will can get like super angry. There's only a couple really? of times that's happened, but yeah. I, but I, the, the thing that was interesting, like I think a smile is, is one of those things that's like, um, or, I don't know, an evolutionary thing. 
you know, like animals when they bark at each other or they growl at each other, like a smile, I think, it, yeah, I'm trying to think of the, like the westernized man meeting the guy in the tribe that's never met anyone outside the tribe and going in with the smile, like they know that they're on the same page. I think it's just one of those things. Okay. I don't think anyone would, would see somebody smiling and go, this is going ha- to end badly. I suppose so, yeah. But you see, just the point I'm making about uh, in, in some cultures, they might see a smile as being a sign of weakness in that you're being too nice. Mm. Like that's how I always think about it in France. That I, I just from experience yeah, that I've never thought about it. If you if you if you're too nice and you're too sort of uh, pleasant and friendly, that they don't take you seriously and therefore they're not going to deal with your complaint properly. And now, I'll, I'll give you an example. I told you before, didn't I, that I bought some bread mm. and that they weighed it incorrectly. Mm. Uh, that actually happened to me today, this morning, right? And, well, yesterday I bought the bread and this morning <laughs> I had to take it back to the shop, right? <laughs> so what happened was, right, I went to the shop yesterday, did some food shopping. And while I was doing the food shopping, I also bought some bread, okay? And um, so I bought a piece of uh, pan complete that's what they call it it's like yeah. sort of healthy bread <laughs> healthy bread in English and brown bread now first of all right the girl behind the counter was obviously not interested in serving me so I stood there for about a minute looking at my hands looking oh, trying to pretend to be interested in the cheese behind the counter oh, we've got lots of types of cheese waiting for her what kind of shop was this it's, uh, it's B.O. Cibon oh, okay. it's like the organic shop yeah, yeah. up the road I was, try- I was trying to ima- I, I was like that doesn't sound like a normal supermarket to me it was the B.O. shop yeah, the, the organic organic shop we've so got one of those I was there at the counter where they sell bread and cheese yeah. and, I, and I was like standing there the girl was standing there and I went up and this is how English I am I went up and I just waited for her to say hello sir how can I help you you, which is not what you do in France. So I stood there for a minute, like, I'll just pretend to be interested in the cheese. Oh, nice cheeses here. <laughs> I live a ridiculous life. I mean, I'm totally, a totally, disa- I'm a complete disaster. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'll pretend to look at the cheese while I waited for her. And I, I, I waited a bit more and I looked at her and nothing. And then I realized, oh, I, she's going to let me stay here. For, she just thinks I want to stand here for no reason. <laughs> That's clearly what's going on in her mind. She's thinking, oh, he's just chosen in the middle of his shopping trip to just stand in front of me and look at cheese for no reason with no intention of buying them. So then I had to say, bonjour, like that. And I can't even do bonjour properly because I'm sure I do it. It sounds sarcastic or it sounds wrong or it sounds weak or something like, bonjour, I can't do it properly. And so then I finally got her attention with this terrible English bonjour. And I think that subconsciously, at least, because I didn't do it right, subconsciously, she was like, oh, this, no, I'm going to do this all wrong. So I said, some bread, some healthy bread, please, in French. And she was like, some healthy bread, okay. And she cut off some healthy bread from the she's like first of all she said she was like this much and I was like yeah <laughs> yeah okay yeah uh, fine that is some healthy bread <laughs> I'll have it so she went and she cut it and then she brought it back and it was like a massive piece it was the width that I'd chosen but she'd gone the full length of this piece of bread so it was a massive chunk of bread and I was like oh, okay that's fine thinking we like bread I'll eat the bread fine toast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> um, and, um, and so what I didn't realize, though, is that she, when she weighed the bread, she printed the ticket by measuring it as cheese. She'd put it through the thing as blue cheese <laughs> without me realizing. It was a 15 euro 44 
piece of bread. It's like if bread was made of gold, it would have been cheaper <laughs> so than <much>. this. <laughs> and it went into my basket and I bought everything else and I didn't realise, you know, that there was this 15 pound, 15 euro <laughs> loaf of bread in there. And then I, you know, came home happily after doing the shopping. And then my wife in the evening, she was like, she saw the bread with a sticker on it. She was like, wait a minute, did you, did you pay 15 euros for this bread? I was like, Oh, yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Because I am, as we've established, Mr. Bean in Paris. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. That should be the title of your one-man show. Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean, in, Bean, Paris. Bean in Paris. <laughs> so then I was, I was like, oh, God. And she's like, you're going to have to get this, you know, you're going to have to take it back. And so I went this morning. I was like, right, I'm going to get the, I'm going to take this bread back and I'm going to get a bloody refund. And I thought, I'm not going to go with the English Mr. Bean approach. I'm going to, be all French and I'm going to take the French approach so I was like right no nonsense and I marched up the road with the bread under my arm and the receipt in my hand and I went in were, and you, not, I, when you, were you not running through in your head the conversation yes yeah. I was I was like uh, bonjour <laughs> spare us yeah I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it it's embarrassing um, and uh, you know my, my French is not very good sometimes it's okay if it, when I'm stressed out it's appalling yeah. uh, it's not very good I mean, it's hard no it's hard it's so hard it's difficult. Every Any, time I, yeah. so anyway I, mu- I plustered up the cu- I plustered up, I mustered up the courage um, and I went in there and I did the whole thing in the French way and I was very straightforward I said I bought this healthy bread from you but you charged me for cheese and it's obviously too expensive give me a refund good day and um, she was like, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Certainly, sir. I'll give you a refund for everything. In fact, I'll give you the bread for free. Um, really? Yeah. She gave me the bread Aww. free. Everything worked out fine. She apologized. It was the same girl. Same girl. Yeah. She apologized to me. And I came back with a smile on my face. And I said to my wife, I, uh, got a, not only did I get a, <laughs> get, get the, the right change, but uh, they gave me the bread free. Uh. Thank you very much. But you can and still hear them laughing at me all yeah, the yeah, way yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. that's, the, that's my point. Maybe... Um, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to, to do things in certain cultures. It's like a key; you need the right key to open yeah, the door. I've Definitely. never, I've never found it's because smiling and doing it the wrong way. Like, sorry, smiling it and doing that way. Like to have a. Well, I think that it's just me uniquely in this situation. Yeah. It's just I'm, I'm just so appalling and un- unconfident. Is that is the non-confidence? Because when Maybe. you are confident, I mean, you could go in there, you know balancing on your nose mm. but if you do it with style and confidence people just respond to that as well confidence is like the lifeblood of any communication mm. situation if you do any way if you do it with confidence then basically you're going to be alright but if you kind yeah. of go into a situation and you're like half-hearted mm. then don't it's like it's a bit like I don't know if you ever did this as a kid grabbing a nettle with your hand you know what yeah. I mean yeah. a nettle is one of those leaves that stings your hand if you touch it but if you grab it confidently with your hand it doesn't sting you what it's, yes it's true you didn't grow up in the country did you I grew up in London right exactly what? well I grew up in the country part of my life and if you grab a nettle if you grab a nettle you? quickly like that in your the palm of your hand it does not sting you I did not know that. Yeah, so if you grab a nettle quickly, then it doesn't sting you. Similarly, if you engage in an act of communication with a certain level of confidence and you kind of, you know, do it properly, then you'll be all right. That's a metaphor for life. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I've got so many other things on this list, but uh, we don't have time. We don't. I've got to go and pick up the, the pooper. You do. You've got to go and pick up your boy and try and make sure he never poops under a restaurant table again. Yeah, or any table. Indeed. <laughs> Do you two have anything else to say to the people of the world uh, before uh, you disappear? No. 
know. No, that's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks and, for listening. Um, thanks for inviting us over. And Pleasure. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to the next time. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Okay. All right, then. Thanks very much, you two. Uh, thanks very much to our neighbours uh, who've been listening to the entire thing. The guy who was sitting on his... Yeah, but that was an episode. That was the, the previous, previous episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, there was a man's... We didn't talk about the surroundings, this one. Because you're didn't. not... Are you going to l- l- release these both at the same time? I'll, I'll release this one after the previous one, so... Yeah, but I mean, is it going to be like a week after? Probably. Right, so then they won't... They Okay. Doesn't matter. Doesn't All, matter. Is <laughs> <laughs> All of that is um, contextual information that you... You, you, uh, you would have listened to a week ago, maybe, or in the previous <laughs> episode. That also, in fact, you know what? That includes uh, the story of your son doing, a poo, a, shit, yeah. doing a poo <laughs> under a table. If they haven't listened to the previous episode, they won't know anything about that. We'll be like, why are, they, why are they talking about doing a poo under a table? What, <laughs> that's not normal in any culture, is it? <laughs> <laughs> true oh. true alright oh then dear. well uh, thanks very much for listening don't forget to visit the website where you'll find stuff there and uh, subscribe to the email list and check out my sponsors and all that sort of thing thank you very much for listening speak to you again soon but for now it's time to say goodbye bye 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.